Welcome all. My name is Hannah Morell. I'm with Pacific Stoa Holistic Financial Coaching, and this is Miserable is Not Enough. Uh, so this is part three in the last part of our talk about procrastination, although probably spend a lot of time talking about procrastination. Um, last time I left off with kind of the observation piece, it's like observing the, the procrastination or crisis cycle that we talked about in episode um, uh, the first two parts of the procrastination uh, arc. Um, so let's kind of continue talking about the observation piece and then we'll uh, talk about a tool that I teach to help people um, undermine procrastination a little with a little more activity. Uh, so the observation part might seem like it's not, you're not doing anything. You're just watching for the patterns in your behavior around your procrastination what's happening before, what's happening after. Um, but observation is actually a really key component of long-term behavior change. Um, observation or awareness or perspective or however, or however you want to word this is, is really, really important because it gives us that slightly distanced perspective because we want to be observing our own behavior without judgment. Um, and like we've talked about, you want to observe yourself as if you're a scientist, as if you are um, watching for patterns, like what is that animal doing? I want you to be both the wild animal and the scientist that is observing the wild animal's behavior. Uh, and that is a key component to any long-term behavior change. And it is most importantly, um, when we're talking about things like procrastination, uh, because procrastination likes it when we fight back at it, and it does not like it when we, when we are aware of it. So sometimes, um, oh, let's say generously 20% of the time, just being aware that we're in a procrastination cycle is enough to begin slowing it down and making it weaker. Um, so if that's enough, if, you, if you're just being aware of it is enough for you to, for it to kind of begin to get weaker, then allow it to do that. Just organically allow it to just naturally sort of fade and just keep watching it, right? Just keep observing, oh, this seems to be working. Um, if you feel like you want to kind of undermine it a little bit more, and again, I'm trying really hard to use careful language about, you know, not fighting with it. We're not beating it. We're not fighting it. We're not going to war with it. Uh, we are undermining it because if we try to beat it up, go to war with it, uh, it will fight back and probably get worse. So for the second sort of tool to so for the second sort of tool to begin uh, further undermine procrastination, let's kind of think about that there's always three versions of you. So there's a whole bunch of, but not an unlimited number of past versions of you. And there's a whole bunch of, but not, uh, no, I'm sorry, my bad. Uh, there's only one right now, you. Um, only this one right now. And then there's another one right now. And then there's a whole bunch of, but not an unlimited number of future versions of you. And so let's kind of think about the qualities or attributes for each one of these. So um, which version of you is most at risk? So if you said that the right now version of you is most at risk, that's a pretty good indicator that you may be um, stuck in some crisis. Remember how, like when we were talking about the procrastination cycle, we talked about how crisis kind of 
um, at least I hope I said it, crisis makes us think that we're going to live the rest of our lives this way. Um, so even if the right now version of you is safe and probably maybe needs a snack and might need to go to the bathroom and maybe needs a nap, you're okay. Like where you're sitting right there, you're alive. You have enough oxygen, food, water, shelter, right this minute. You are okay. Um, it's always the future versions of ourselves that are actually most at risk, but we don't really think about that because we're too busy being worried about that. Um, and so that kind of tells our brains the lie that our right now versions are the ones that are most at risk. When really what we are truly concerned about is future versions of ourselves uh, being at risk. So the past versions of ourselves are basically kind of off the hook. Like there's no way that we can interact with past versions of ourselves. So we can't punish past versions of ourselves because uh, they're not around. We can't even reward past versions of ourselves. So uh, really outside of maybe therapy, um, I, I don't actually advocate for a lot of communication between your right now self and your past self because it, um, for what we're wanting, um, it kind of doesn't matter. So uh, that's what therapy is for. And I'm a big fan of therapy. So um, that's where we can kind of dig into that, the past versions of ourselves. Uh, but for, for our purposes here, when we're talking about procrastination, there's really no point in um, talking about punishment or, or reward or gratefulness or anything like that. Um, so our right now versions of ourselves are the only ones that have any actual control. Uh, can actually do things. The problem is, is we can't freak out, worry about things like what's going to happen in the future or what we've done in the past. We can't freak out and worry and get stuff done at the same time. Um, that two different parts of our brains are working. Like the, the panicky crisis part of our brain um, is going to shut down the cognitive fun function part of our brains that we need to um, understand, to problem solve, to develop, to <laughs> um, to plan ahead. All of that is in, in, a, in contrast, it will be battling the part of our brain that tells us that we're constantly uh, unsafe, constantly, um, you know, functioning through a scarcity mindset. And it's very likely that we should kind of uh, spend some time deep diving into that at some point. Um, but I, I kind of just want to introduce this idea that there's three versions of you, your past you, your right now you, and your future, many future versions of yourself. So thinking about procrastination, who, which version of you rather, which version of you is procrastination for? Who is it most in service of? Well, pretty obviously procrastination is for the right now version of ourselves. It makes the right now version of ourselves a little bit more comfortable, right? And in doing so, most of the time, it makes future versions of ourselves more uncomfortable. Um, and that's all that procrastination is. And I want to make a clear distinction here that that's also what self-care does. Like self-care is for the right now version of ourselves, mostly. Some of our self-care is for both right now us and future us. But for the most part, self-care is in service of and for the right now versions of ourselves. And that's wonderful and beautiful. And I'm not saying procrastination and self-care are the same thing. I I'm saying sometimes they can be, but I think there needs to be a clear and intentional distinction between those two things. So please do not stop doing your self-care. Self-care is for the right now version of you, and that's as it should be 
There's nothing that you need to deserve or do to earn your self-care. I, I believe one of my first episodes is, is called, you know, what we're getting wrong about self-care. Um, and I, I am passionate about people being kind to themselves and doing their self-care. But what I, I want to fold in an extra element to that. I want to fold in a second kind of self-care. So if procrastination is in service of the right now versions of ourselves, we're just going to tip that on its head. So let's think about ways that we could be of service to future versions of ourselves. Um, and this is something that I have just been calling second wave self-care. Um, and the way that we do this is that we're going to be intentional about it and we're going to start in fairly close in time. So what is something small, something small that you could do for the tomorrow morning version of yourself, not a year from now, not 10 years from now, what's something small that you could do for, for the tomorrow morning version of yourself? Is it prepping your lunch? Is it setting up your coffee, right? Start there. And as you're doing that tiny little thing, whatever it may be, be super clear about which version of you that's for. Like that is the, I am setting up my coffee for the tomorrow morning for to myself tomorrow morning. Like if I pull my car into my parking space, I am thinking to myself, this is so that tomorrow morning I can just zip right out of my parking space. Um, so be very intentional about which version of yourself that's for. So if I'm, um, let's say I'm grocery shopping and I get about, instead of getting the 20 pound bag of dog food, I get the 30 pound pack of dog food. Like, um, that is for so that I don't have to get dog food again in another week. I have a big dog. Um, so like I'm being intentional about what that's for. Um, and these may or may not be financial choices. My, my, I will encourage you to have this first as you're practicing second wave of self-care is to not have these be financial choices. Have these be like, you're washing a plate, which version of, yourself is that plate for? Is it for right now? Is, or is that a, a clean plate that you can have two days from now, right? So being intentional, starting small, incredibly small. I'm not joking about this part. Please, please, please start small. And then what I want you to do is just observe again. Do you notice that your life suddenly gets just a little bit easier, just a touch? And then can you pay that forward again and again and again? And what naturally happens with no willpower, with no obligation over and over and over again, is that pe people's lives just naturally get a touch easier um, and gets easier again and it gets easier again. And just like procrastinations can roll up into crisis, we're kind of doing the opposite kind of a snowball here. We are rolling up these beautiful things that we're doing for future versions of ourselves. We're being intentional about it. We're starting small. Um, and some of the things will stick, right? Like maybe setting up coffee becomes a routine. And now it's not a thing anymore. It's just part of your routine. So now you need another new thing. Do you begin to every night before you go to bed think, what's one thing I can do for myself for tomorrow? Um, that's a nice game to play. This is a great game to play with children. Um, in this way, we are, we're starving out procrastination. Um, we are um, not giving it any chance to grow. 
and by constantly making our future versions of ourselves a little bit happier and a little bit happier. Oh, I'm so sorry. One of the requirements for second wave self-care is that whatever you're doing has to be a little bit annoying for the right now version of yourself, right? So if taking a bath right now, a cold bath is pleasurable for me right now, but it's also going to help me sleep better tonight, that's not second wave self-care. If it's annoying to myself to fold three towels because those are going to be for tomorrow and the next day, um, if it's annoying to fold the three towels for me right now, but in service of that, those future versions of myself, that is second wave self-care. I apologize. I can't believe I missed that step. So yeah, it has to be intentional. It has to be small and it has to be annoying for the right now version of yourself. So what do you think you might notice as you begin moving through the world, looking for ways to annoy the right now version of yourself in service of future versions of yourself? Do you think your life will get easier? Do you think that those things that you find annoying now will not be annoying in a week? Um, do you think you might go find new annoying things then? So uh, I would love to get your feedback. I'm sorry, I pushed a little past my 10 minute mark. Um, this is going to be the last episode for a little bit. Uh, I am in the process, deep in the process of building a new website. Uh, and I'm expecting that that's going to take through the end of September. So I'm hoping to, um, my goal is, and my expectation for myself is that I'm going to be restart the season two of the Miserable is Not Enough podcast the last week of September. Um, so please reach out in the meantime if you have topics that you want to hear about for season two. Uh, I will put my email address in the show notes. Um, and I really look forward to seeing you again and talking to you soon. Thank you. The tools, concepts, strategies, and processes covered in this curriculum, coaching, and podcast are meant to be used for your personal development and or in the partnership with the tools that you are already using in the service of your community. If you are considering seeking compensation of, or contracts using this financial coaching curriculum, please reach out to Pacific STOA for more information on the Financial Wellness Coach Certificate and Exclusive Licensing.